0: coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. I think we're sitting in a situation where we had to be forced to let go of something in order to come out better. Took about two feet of water and it hurt when it happened. It hurt real bad. I don't talk about it but you don't know how many times I cried talking about Lord where is the money going to come from for us to fix this building. You don't know how I lost weight and how I stopped eating and I to figure out when I tried to figure out how all of these families were going to get their homes fixed in this storm. You don't know about it but we went there went in hard but came out better been through the fire and come out as pure gold Our New Testament scripture comes from the gospel according to Luke, the fifth chapter, starting with the fifth verse. Fifth chapter. No, I'm sorry, the first verse. Fifth chapter, first verse. Luke chapter five, starting with verse one. Hear ye the word of the Lord. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gensari and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let your nets, let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when he had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish, which they had taken. And so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. God's word for God's people and God's people said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. For the time that is ours to share together, I want to talk a little bit about fishing in the right waters. Fishing in the right waters. I don't fancy myself much of a fisherman. Oh, now, there was a time when I did fancy myself such a fisherman. Mm -hmm. I would go to Lake Somerset with my grandma, Grandma Bruce. Uh, This was one of these uh, restricted neighborhoods, if you will. And it was one of those restricted neighborhoods in Illinois where they built it around a lake and the lake you could fish and boat and they had like a community center and all this stuff. But in order to get access to the lake, you had to own property there. So Grandma Bruce bought a lot and whenever she wanted to go fishing, she would go to Lake Somerset and I would go with her and so would my sister and we pack our lunch and uh, you know, have a breakfast and a lunch and you know, we might get out there, I don't know, 11, eleven, twelve, one-ish, start fishing, you get tired, you go on ahead and go back to the car, eat a little, take a nap. I, I had a fancy rod. I didn't realize how fancy it was until later. I didn't have to spool the string onto the rod. It was encased in this deal. I wanted to cast out my line. I push a button. It shoot far out. I want to bring it back in. I push another button. It come on back in. If ever I wanted to like wrestle with the fish, that was all right. And I, I, I would catch me a couple bluegills. Enough for, you know, grandma to clean and cut and, 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 and put in the frying pan. Praise the Lord. And, and, and we have some eating for dinner. That's how I used to fish when I was living in Illinois. And so then when a friend from church invited me to go fishing with him in Texas when I moved down here, I realized it was a little different. I saw how much that rod that I was using at Grandma's house cost. And I decided that was a little bit out of my budget as a struggling college student. And so, first off, we didn't go 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon to go fishing there. Oh, Buddy was knocking on the door at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to go fishing. And at Lake Somerset, I fished on a, on a, either on a pier or they had a, like a, like a seawall and you could sit on the edge and throw out there. There wasn't none of that. You had to get on the boat. <laughs> and at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning, we started headed towards Galveston from Houston and ran into a traffic jam because it actually happened to be the same weekend as the beach party. <laughs> so it was all kind of traffic before we even got to the boat. And so I had to figure out how to put the line on my own fishing rod. And I'm out at, at the, before the crack of dawn. <laughs> and we're buying all this bait. And every time I throw it out there, fishing in freshwater apparently is a little different than fishing in saltwater. I didn't, I didn't know this. And so I'm sitting here casting out and it ain't going far enough. Then I finally figured it out and nothing. I I put the little, the shrimp on it or the uh, the worm on it or whatever we was using. I put it on there and I come back and it's empty. Put it out there, come back and it's empty. Put it out there again, come back. This time it's got a thank you note on it. Keep doing what you're doing. And so I ain't really been back to fishing since. I got some rods in the garage. You know, my mother-in-law said it'd be a shame for me to, you know, uh, we we this close to the Texas City night, you know, so I may have to get back out there. But right now the rods are in my garage catching (laughs) some dust. So when I have all the right tools, and the conditions are favorable to me that's when I like fishing is the microphone still working <laughs> but when the conditions are not favorable to me and I don't have all the fancy tools I'm used to having if the water is not smooth and calm if I can't take a break when I feel like it because when you out on that boat ain't no break you can, your, you can put your ride back but you still gonna get beat down by the sun so when the conditions I'm not just talking about myself right now anymore but when the conditions are not to the way we like it we don't want to fish no more when the conditions are not perfect When it's not going exactly the way we want it to go, when we are not, things are not going the way we have planned it, when things are not going the way we desire for them to go in our perfect plans, we don't want to fish no more. Why can't the fish just jump in my boat? The boat has been here 150 years, still talking about fishing. Everybody know about my boat. My boat is historical. My boat is beautiful, but fish swimming all around the side of my boat won't come in. Fishing in the right waters. Uh, Jesus came upon some fishermen. And use their boat to preach the word of God. Push back from the shore because people were still following him. We we talked about chapter four uh, when the Spirit of the Lord was upon me, and to, when he said that the Spirit of the Lord was upon me to preach the gospel to the poor and heal the brokenhearted and proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. And he had to go away from them people because they didn't want to hear that. But just because they didn't want to hear about the gospel don't mean everybody don't want to hear about the gospel. So Jesus kept pushing. And he uses the boat as a platform to preach the word of God. The gospel's phrase for the proclamation of Jesus, Jesus teach them from the boat. He had to get away from the people because it was so many and he wanted them all to hear what he had to say. And they had been fishing all night with no results, and so Jesus told them to go out deeper, go out deeper, and lay down your nets, and you'll catch many fish. And they do what he says to get what he told them they are going to get, and they got so much in the uh, uh, they got so much that the text says they almost can't handle it. Uh, the text says uh, 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 when we look at the Greek and the words that they were using for net and boat they suggest that it's a trammel net that could have been several hundred yards long to catch enough fish to survive and thrive you gotta cast a wider net it doesn't specify what kind of fish they were looking for they wanted fish and they had a net Large enough to catch all kinds of fish. They didn't say I'm only out here looking for catfish. Well, they wouldn't have been eating catfish anyway. But they they didn't say I was out here looking for tilapia. Didn't say I was out here looking for snapper or bass or any other one. They wanted fish. They weren't picky about what kind of fish they were trying to catch. They just needed to fish. And the text says from the from the Greek that, that the boat was big. Uh, the word that they use for the type of boat that it would have been, the scholars estimate it would have been about twenty-six and a half feet long. Seven and a half feet wide. And four and a half feet deep. They weren't out there to catch. One or two fish and call it a day. All right. Oh, I got me this one and I'm good. We going home. No, they were catching enough fish to feel uh, almost 30 foot long, eight foot wide, almost five foot deep boat wow. because they realized they weren't just fishing for themselves. Mm-hmm. They were fishing for other people. And us being fishers of men, we got to realize we're not just fishing for what we like. We got to be fishing for those who come behind us. I was reading an article and it was talking about the death of the church. And the man said that if the church ain't crying, it's dying. Time and time again, I told you I'm going to sound like a broken record because my boss is going to sound like a broken record because his boss is going to sound like a broken record. Only 17% of of the the American population is in a church or a place of worship on a Sunday morning. The average committed Christian only comes to church only 1.4 times a month. You have over 5 million people in the greater Houston metropolitan area and only 400,000 going to church. More than two-thirds of the churches in the Texas Annual Conference didn't take in one new person. Are we fishing in the right waters? Or have we decided that we are too good for the type of fish that are in the waters we roll our boats in? Can't say amen, say Ouch. And so they were out there not to just catch a fish or two. They were out there to catch so many fish that the boat began to sink. Jesus told them to go out and cast a net in the deeper water. And they said, we've been fishing all night with no results. Why are we going to change up? We've been doing it the way we want to do it and that's not working. So obviously if what we're doing all that ain't working, that means what you got to suggest to us ain't going to work either. Fishing all night with no results. And Jesus challenged them to make a large catch or he challenged them to lay down their nets. And when they did what Jesus told them to do, they got what Jesus told them they were going to have. If you always say what God hasn't said, you are going to always get what God does not have planned for you. The Bible says that he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should seek cause to repent. The Bible also says that the word of God does not return to him void. So if we want to make some changes in our life, we might want to say some of the things that God said for us. Instead of saying that we ain't going to be nothing and ain't never been nothing, we ought to be saying that we are the head and not the tail. Instead of saying that we broke, we shall say that my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Instead of saying that I can't do it, we ought to be saying I can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives me strength. I also like that they weren't afraid of the fish. There's a lot of churches that say they are community minded. Say they out here trying to fish until the community actually comes in the door. Then we don't like how the fish looks. We don't like how the fish smells. The fish may not talk the same language as us. The fish may not be in the same kind of outfit as us. They may not have come from the same waters as us. We say we community-minded until the community walks through the doors. If you're going to be a fisherman, you cannot be scared of fish. You ever heard any uh, successful fisherman be scared of fish you got to be willing to deal with them and they weren't scared of the fish and and I like what Luke uses in the Greek when he talks about uh, making you fish for people he says for do not be afraid we cannot be afraid of the fish he says from now on you will catch men And I like that he uses that because in the the Greek word that he uses for catch, as opposed to fish, uh, it's a play on the words. And the catch opposed to fish means that when you catch them, you capture them alive. You capture them alive so you can do something with them. Another translation of that word in the Greek that he used for catch also means to restore to life. To restore to life. We talk about salvation and, and, and the word that, that, that is used for salvation is sozo, but that's not just saving your soul. It's about making your life in its present situation better as well. Amen. It's not just about the sweet by and by. It's about having what you have in heaven here on earth. All right. And so he says that he will make you catch men. Capture them alive. Restore to life. But you got to be willing to fish in the right waters. To follow Jesus, they have to become disciples. Discipleship is what happens after you decide to follow Christ. The fishing is evangelism. But once you get in and have got a right relationship with Christ, it's about growing as a Christian. But to follow him, you're going to have to do some things you may not be used to doing. All right. Discipleship is what happens after you follow Christ. Discipleship is costly. You see that these fishermen left what they had behind to go follow Jesus. You have to leave what you are used to doing behind. You have to proclaim the same good news that Jesus did. You also have to recognize your own failings. Once Peter understood who was talking to him, he bowed down and said to back away from me, I am a sinner. He fell to his knees and said, depart from me for I am a sinful man. We have to realize who we are. We got to realize that we don't have it all together. We got to realize that we are not all that in a bag of chips. We are not the best thing since sliced bread. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Ah, And you have to understand your own failings and you also have to recognize who is master. Once he he realized what Jesus had did with that fish, he realized he wasn't dealing with just some motivational speaker. He didn't realize he wasn't just dealing with somebody that happened to spot a whole bunch of fish and told them where to pick it up. He was dealing with somebody that could save his entire life. And he devoted his entire life to Jesus. You got to do things a different way than you have been used to doing and you're going to have to go deeper than you are used to be going and you're going to have to go further away than you are used to going if you are going to fish in the right waters. Uh, yes, I was at the convocation of pastors of black churches last month. In Atlanta, and got some real good preaching and some real good worship and some real good holy conversation going on. And one thing that I remember from the convocation of pastors of black churches uh, in Atlanta was that uh, they had Bishop Frank Beard of the Illinois Great River Conference. And he told a story at this because he likes to fish a lot. And before he got started, he said, I ain't no play fisherman. (laughs) I'm I'm at, I I don't know if I made this clear or not, so I'm going to just say it again. I was at the convocation of pastors of black churches. And Bishop Beard at the convocation of black pastors was giving the message. He's over the southern uh, Illinois, uh, which is the southern part of Illinois, the Great Rivers Conference. And so he offices in Springfield and he gave and he showed us when he said he said, I like to fish a lot and I'm not a play fisherman. And they put some some pictures up on the screen of him picking up fish almost as tall as him. Just to show that he wasn't playing when it came to fishing. And he had a buddy that he liked to fish with. And and his fishing buddy's mom was in the area that he was about to fish. So he got up with his fishing buddy and they were about to go fish. And they looked at the weather and the wind was bad. It was blowing real bad. So he decided, well, I'm hungry and I can't go fishing. So I'm going to go, me and my fishing buddy, we're going to go to his mama's house. And we're going to get something because we know she got something on the stove and they arrived at mama's house and mama had her tackle box and her fishing rod and she said I knew y'all was coming let's go fishing (laughs) mama it's windy outside it's too windy to go fishing it's blowing trees down it's way too much to fish no we going fishing I want to go fishing put my tackle box in the car boy we going fishing mom, it's way too windy outside and just as he said that they pulled back the drapes in the kitchen uh, so they could see outside how windy it was and all the trees was blowing back and forth and it was trash cans blowing down the street and it was a little cat trying to make it across the street and the wind was pushing them back and she said, look, it's too windy out here it's too windy to fish and she said, son, I don't fish in the wind I fish in the water. And so we going fishing. And they went fishing and caught some of the most fish they had ever caught in their lives. Because they decided to go out when the condition was not best for them. Or they fought. And Bishop said he went and looked it up later on and he said it's actually Really good to fish in the wind because the, the fish go up closer to the top of the water when the water is choppy and windy. And when you put your bait in the water because the water is choppy and windy, the bait looks alive. And so it's easier to fish when it's windy. But my question to us, church family, is are we fishing in the wind or are we fishing in the water? Putting together programs that don't affect the community. Fishing in the wind or fishing in the water? Arguing over worship styles. Fishing in the wind or fishing in the water? Arguing over your favorite pew. (laughs) Fishing in the wind or fishing in the water? putting together programs that don't meet the needs of the community and people aren't even interested in it. Are we fishing in the wind or fishing in the water? Expecting those in the community to just come here because we plop a building down and open it up once a a week for an hour and a half, fishing in the wind or fishing in the water. He said go out and make disciples. Don't wait for the disciples to come to you. Are we fishing in the wind or fishing in the water? Something that's often unremarked in the statement in verse 11, uh, uh, Luke tells the disciples left everything to follow him. Luke is deeply concerned about possessions and their proper use. Uh, here and in the call of Levi that comes later on in chapter 5 Luke describes a radical response to Jesus' call the rejection of all the material goods to follow him you lose what you have but you gain even more in Christ so they gave away what they had then but they still ended up with something on the back end sometimes you got to walk away from something to get something better sometimes you have to be forced Out of a situation in order to get Sometimes you have somebody That you will not let go You will not let him go You will not let her go You will not let them go You will not let that go You will not let that go And sometimes you got to be forced Out of a situation before you let it go But when you get On to the next side You get a little better When you come out of that situation better Than it was when you got in I think we're sitting in a situation where we had to be forced to let go of something in order to come out better. Took about two feet of water and it hurt when it happened. It hurt real bad. I don't talk about it but you don't know how many times I cried talking about Lord where is the money going to come from for us to fix this building. You don't know how I lost weight and how I stopped eating and order to figure out when I tried to figure out how all of these families were going to get their homes fixed in this storm. You don't know about it but we went there went in hard but came out better been through the fire and come out as pure gold So you got to give up something sometimes to follow. But understand, once you give up that to follow Jesus, what you get in return will be much better than it was before. Amen. Amen. You can have a car. And you can love that car. Yes. And that car can be not good for you. All right. And you need to give up that car. Right. And sometimes it takes somebody driving on 45 Mm -hmm. and swerving in lanes and not using a turn signal and your cars kiss and it gets totaled out and you gotta get a new car. It hurts to give it up but you come out better on the other side it hurts to not eat that triple cheeseburger no onions with the large sweet tea no ice. It hurts But when the doctor says you don't have to take that cholesterol medicine anymore and your blood pressure has dropped, it's better on the other side. It hurts to keep that money in your pocket when that thing you want to buy at Needlessly Marked Up, also known as Neiman Marcus, is on sale. But when you got enough money to take care of the stuff you need, it feels better on the better side. When you go into a new house because you didn't blow all the money and burn it in a hole in your pocket, it hurts at first. But it's better on the other side. Simon, in particular, received an abundance from Jesus through the restoration of the health of his mother in law and the miraculous catch of fish. For Luke, God's generosity precedes God's call to discipleship and renunciation. And the only time that Luke requires, or Luke recounts rather, Jesus demanding such a response from someone who is not in the inner core of disciples is his encounter later on in chapter 18 with the ruler. And Jesus uh, advises then that it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. That's not about having the money. That's about making money your priority. And he said it's harder, but he didn't say it was impossible. He said it was, he said it was harder, and it's not impossible, so you've got to be able to we- be willing to give up the things that you uh, are looking at and things that are comfortable if you want to do something extraordinary. Nobody who's good at anything just rolls out the bed and does it. Every professional athlete you're looking at spent thousands of hours practicing stuff until it became commonplace. Every musician, every scientist, every business, leader they spend time working at it. It's not just about talent. it's about what you work at. Yes, sir. And if we want our church to survive, big C and little C, we're going to have to do some work. Yes, sir. We're going to have to go further than we used to going. We're going to have to cast deeper than we used to casting. We're going to have to go out further and deeper into the water. And we're going to have to cast on a different side. He told them to put it on, they had been putting it on one side of the boat and they were doing that all night. And he said to try to put it on the other side of the boat. They say that the definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over again and expect a different result. We got to be fishing in the right waters. Not just fishing in the wind. And so he does these things and and his ministry is not about being rich or poor, but it's about the priorities. It's about the priorities that you put on it. And if you give, if you make Jesus your priority, he'll do a work that nobody else can do. And I like this text for a bunch of reasons. I like it because we need to be fishing in the right waters I like it because it calls us to go out deeper and cast the net further than we've ever had to cast. That I like it because it tells us to cast the net on a different side than the side that we are used to casting it on. But I also like it because Jesus called fishermen to be disciples. Yes. These new disciples didn't do anything to warrant the attention of Jesus. They wasn't already. Rabbis in the synagogue they weren't already Pharisees out here teaching the law he called everyday people to do some things that would be spread out for over 2,000 years and they recognized that that what happened was not uh, ordinary that's why Peter bowed down on his knees to Jesus and said to recognize that I am a sinner because he understood that he was not worthy of what Jesus was about to take him through we ought to realize that we are not worthy of what he's about to take they didn't submit a resume they didn't apply, they didn't have a bunch of credentials, these were average fishermen doing what they had always been doing and Jesus came down and changed their life and the recruiting didn't happen inside our church Jesus went out to get them we ought to be going out to get him, get the people of Christ the mission field starts when we leave this parking lot. The mission field starts when we leave this parking lot. The mission field starts on our jobs. The mission field starts when we are at the grocery store. The mission field starts when we go to school. The mission field starts at our hair salons and barber shops. The mission field starts at our fraternity meetings. The mission field starts at our lodge meetings. The mission field starts outside of the church. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open, and we invite you to come. Thank you for listening to this message. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you found this message. If this message blessed you, be a blessing to someone else and share it. Connect with Pastor Johnny on Instagram and Twitter, and be sure to like Faith UMC Dickinson on Facebook.